A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A very warm welcome to all you listeners to the Flats and Shanks podcast. I, myself, am Tom Shanklin, and thou are... Thou art thy est, uh, David Flatman, um, England rugby legend. Good morrow um, to you, Sir Flatman. Have you got a book coming out? Mm, why? Well, just have you got a book coming out or not? No, you know the less people know no. about me, the better. Yeah, there is that. I feel That's like I'm the only one just... that hasn't, mind. Yeah, it's only you and me then, is it? Yeah. Yep. I might do a book. Everyone's got a book in them, except me and you. Yeah, but you're going to have to come out with something, mate. You're going to have to come out with um, an ailment. Maybe you could, you know, your elbows. Maybe you get, get your elbow, <laughs> get your elbows yeah. chopped off and uh, then bring a book out. You can't just bring a book yeah. out anymore, mate. And and that's it. You've got to bring a book out with... A revelation. Yep. That's it. Do you remember when um, Richard Cockerell, I think he has said that it cost him a lot of England caps, but... He was first choice for England or close to it at the time and, and he released a book saying that he'd found out he'd been dropped from a game by text from Clive or email or something and that was it. Clive never picked him again. And But it, it sold, how many how many books do you sell? Well, I sold a couple of books but not enough to cover was another 20 it? England caps. No, I mean, fella. You know, we, you could get book. Someone write a story about you. I don't really have a great story to be honest but I just make stuff up. You could just make stuff up, throw the boys under the bus. It'd be a hit sell. Yeah, like my story by Katie Price. Yeah, you know, just proper scandal. Yeah, but I I won't do it, mate. I refuse to do it. I um, I worked with someone once. Uh, which, how should I? I worked alongside someone. Is who this was when you worked for a woman. Bath Communications Manager for a month? Two years. I <laughs> know uh, it's not, and it was director and. Uh, <laughs> And, um, yeah, it was, uh, and she, I remember I worked on side her. She was really good at her job and whatever. And then one night we were walking out of the pub and I heard a squelching and there was, it, it was a dry night. It was summer, but there was, I don't know why I'm going into this. There was a, there was liquid coming out the top of her knee high boots and or just under the knee boots kind of thing and turned out she was drunk enough that she'd wet herself mm. and weed into the boots and was squelching we out and turns out she's a lot more pissed than we thought mate and you're not allowed to talk about mary berry like that I will, I will <laughs> every time have. and every time i see her she says don't you mention the boots in your book and i say hey i've got you i'm never bringing you, out a book is what you should have said yeah, I'm not writing a book. Um, have you um, have you read? I any might write of your, a book. It, cer- it certainly won't be a rugby book. Have you read any of your former colleagues and mates' books they've brought out? Um, do you know what I tend to do? 
look in the back um, for your name and then this is not parts. yeah exactly yeah exactly like me yeah yeah um what i tend to do is um go on amazon and buy a copy of the lads books to support them because i feel like a good bloke but i don't actually read them and i thought you're gonna say read the reviews on amazon no there's a couple of reasons for that is that one i don't really read sports books uh so i don't really i don't read sports books um, the closest I've got, I think, is Andre, I read, read Andre Agassi. Know it all. No, I read Andre Agassi open, but I just, I'm not that into sports books. I like other books. Um, and uh, so that's one reason. The other reason is, being honest, they're all they're all such big dogs because they that's why they can justify having books out. And it just makes me feel crap about my own career because I hardly got any caps. Well, look, mate, chop your elbows off because we know they're knackered. Bring out a book and... You can have some sort of special attachment to use to turn pages, all right? And I think you'll sell loads. That could be the hook. That can be the hook. Excuse the pun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I I want I want I really want the lads' books to do well, but I they're not the sort of books I generally read. Although I could see myself reading uh, Hass and Marlers and Dylan's actually because they they're just good fellas. Like they'd be good. But I still mate. Hold on. I'm more like hold on. I'm more just like flying in now. I'm them. just flying in now. Bullshit. You're just saying that to be a nice no, guy. I, yeah. Like no, Mark Dunder Smith called you out the other week, actually, on all of this. What? On your little Channel 5, My 5 little preview. Yep. 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 Exactly. Fair's fair. But I, yep. I like, I, I, thing is, I, I openly admit it. So I buy a copy of the book off Amazon, the cheapest one I can possibly get, paperback, second hand, ideally. Yeah. I will do that. I'll probably do that and to make myself feel like a good bloke, but I won't actually read it. Not because I don't think they'll be good. I think they, I probably would enjoy them, but they just sports books aren't really my kind of books. I was a judge for a sports book of the year once, along with a lot of other people, and they sent me loads of sports books. And I loved Shoe Dog, the Nike story. That was great. I loved Open by Andre Agassi. The rest of them I just didn't enjoy at yeah, all. Yeah, but Roberto Shoe Dog Duran isn't really terrible. like an autobiography. It's it's more of a business story as well, isn't it? Yeah, it counted as a sports book, but it yeah. got away with it. And I just, I'm sure there are lots that I would enjoy. Apparently, Brian Moore's is brilliant. I haven't read that. I've got a copy. I haven't read it yet. Roy King's is really good. I mean, it's... Is it? Yeah, the problem is with, with rugby books is you know a lot of the stories anyway, so you know what's coming. Yeah. Um, now, I'm looking forward to your review of Joe Marler, James Haskell and Dylan Hartley, because... You know, you've said it now, so you have to read them and, and tell me all about it. Just paraphrase it, mate, in probably like a minute. I haven't said can. it, but yeah, go on. Um, but I did read Michael Liners um, by accident, really, because I was doing a Q and A with him, and I thought, oh, well, I'll get a couple of books. Um, so well, you've you got me now. Him. I've I've read his as well. You've got me. Uh, I, I thought I'd get a couple go of on. books to sign from. We could raffle them off and, and make some money for charity. And I actually caught myself reading it, and then really enjoyed it. So kept going. Um, thought it was really good. Didn't actually realise, sort of, I suppose how nervous he used to get before games because you, you know you think of Michael Liner as one of the greats, which he yeah. was, um, and how brilliant he was. I know a lot of Irish people won't like him. Um, he broke their hearts in the World Cup, but yeah, you know he was. He used to get quite nervous, and you'd never think that looking at him um, and the way no, he played. Of course you wouldn't. But you know, be like me and you. You know, feed off the nerves. Use it, yeah, or just eat less. That's what I did. Mm. Um, yeah, that that was that was good. What are you doing, really mate? You're, you're fiddling around in the background. You're doing something. No, do you know what I was just doing? No, I was just doing. I was just. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're you're always up to taking something. My, I just taking my jeans off. Okay, I'm comfy now. I'm comfy okay. now. I'm just in my, I'm just in my pants now. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. Try, try and get yourself comfy before we start. Um, well, I was, I was, but I. <sighs> and you've also got an issue with any Zoom calls eating. I think you save your food until we on the Zoom yeah. call. Just just a. Look at I, you know, I'm I'm relaxed. I'm eating. It's fine, you know. Couldn't yeah, that's do it, how I do it. Couldn't do it five minutes earlier, but that's how I do it. Yeah, but mate, I've I've eaten on like commercial zooms where I'm doing like an appearance for somebody. I've eaten on those. Yeah, they don't mind. So like, I'm yeah. starving. Do you mind if everyone has mind if I have a sarnie? Nobody minds. Uh, well, they say that not to your face though, mate. Hey, how are you, fella? I'm alright. I'm alright. I'm upbeat, as you can tell. Probably a little bit down last week. It was a late one when we recorded, so yeah. feeling a little bit tired, but. No, been good, mate. Quiet weekend. Nothing much going on. A um, lot of rugby to watch. Well, two games. Anyway. Um, Do you, let me ask you this. This mm. is a lifestyle question. Okay. When there's rugby on, you've mm-hmm. got three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a busy guy. Mm-hmm. When there's rugby on, mm-hmm. do you just sit and watch it live 
and everyone leaves you alone because it's your job? Um, well, it's not really my job, um, but the older two are fine because I'll just give them, let them have some Robux or something on one of their little games they play on their iPad. Um, yeah. The little one can be a bit of a nightmare, but he just runs around the house and comes in and out and, you know, just got to give him treats, basically. Yeah, sweets. And soon enough, that'll be iPads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've got to bribe them a little bit. But normally, it's okay. Especially what, like with these big games as well. You know, like it was a Heineken Champions Cup final. You know, you've got to watch those games live. It it takes away the excitement if you're watching them pre-recorded. And then you, and then you find yourself just fast-forwarding through some of the boring stuff. So you don't get a full idea of the picture of the game that's going on. Um, yeah. So I do like watching them live. But, I mean, Friday night games are amazing because... You know, kids are in bed or about to go to bed. So um, that's why I like watching the PGA Golf because uh, they're always on at night because they're in America. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay, I'll read you. nighttime sport is that good Speedway. For me. You love a bit of Speedway, don't you? Monster trucks. The Luton, or, uh, Luton Megadrome. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I, I often think like who, who are these people who can just sit and watch live games as they happen? Like it just never, it never happens for me. I can never do it. I always have to record it and watch it at yeah, night or early in the morning. You or... know what you're like, mate. You're like Katie Price. There's always a drama. There's always yeah, something, isn't true. there? You know, it's, yeah. you, you, if, if there's why a hard way, if there's a hard way of doing something, you will do it. Yeah. Why is that? I love an easy life and I make mm. things so difficult for myself. I think you like it. I think subconsciously you like making stuff difficult for yourself gives you a little bit of an edge my favorite my favorite days are when i wake up and i don't have to do anything at all or be anywhere mm-hmm. and it's quite regularly at the moment i'd imagine well yeah but you f- you know when someone says you're busy you automatically like yeah i you find ways to keep busy like i'm not i'm not doing any actual well any work today well i am i've got to write a column but i'm doing um i'm all right two columns actually but i don't know when i'll do those and I'm dropping kids off for play dates and it's half term and it's running around and I magnet therapy, MBST therapy on my elbows and I met a friend for coffee to talk about her new business and then I've got to walk the dogs and, and you're like, hang on a minute, that's not work, but it, well, some of it is work, but it's not busy. Why have I got no time? Structure your diary, mate. Yeah, but things pop up, fella. Mm, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, I know. You're, no, you're right, you're right. And It's different on half term though. I will, you know, it's... Yeah. It's all... It's all, everyone, it's just carnage, isn't it? You know, you're, you're every man on the pump and woman. I texted uh, I texted one of the mums from school yesterday about an idea oh, for the kids oh. this week. Okay, yeah. No, no. Doctors and nurses. And, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, thank God. Thank God you've texted. I've basically been trying to plan ideas for three kids for the next five days till, you know, it's like this is carnage. And like mm. that, is one, that is one afternoon slot booked. Yeah, it's sort of like you know, it's a bit like that, isn't it? You've got to be prepped, haven't you, for half term? You've yeah, got to, you've got to get your your house in order. You've got to get stuff for them to do, keep them occupied. You don't want it just moping around the house. Um, no. Speaking of, of women, because we, we've just touched on it, um, what did you make of the Aguera hand on the back of the female touch judge? Show uh, a touch judge. She's a lines woman. The Assistant referee, they call him. Don't know. Is that rugby? Yeah. Touchy, no, touchy, no, touchy, touchy, yeah, touchy, touch judge. Can't say touchy now in this in this case. Um, completely inappropriate. And but football doesn't do anything about stuff. So football players are almost beyond sanction now. So there's evident cheating on every video. They're lying about getting kicked. They're rolling around. It's all lies. They're abusing officials. They're touching male and female more inappropriately. Touching female officials. Life is different for women. Whether Men like to admit it or not. Men very rarely feel under threat in the dark or under threat because someone's looking at them funny or anything like that. It should, he should be punished for it. And if he is, I th- my think he probably won't be, but if he is, it'll be really light because players in football have, I love football, but they've become unsanctionable and you could stop diving and cheating and all that stuff. You could stop that in five minutes, but no one wants to because so, the players are too important to penalise. Okay, why... Would it make a difference if it was a bloke and he put his hand on the back? It's because it's, you I mean, know, he, you he, and I... It's quite clearly, he, you know, he might have done that if it had been a bloke um, who was assistant yeah. referee. Um, and we probably wouldn't be saying anything. But because it's a, a female and because it's been highlighted, because it's all over social media, um, 
it's blown up into this <coughs> massive issue now. So it's, I think it requires a little bit of slightly deeper thinking beyond, well, all he's done is touch but someone's we, shoulder. My, my point is, are we overthinking it? Are we overthinking it? She's a, she is an assistant referee, male referee, doesn't matter. It's an assistant referee. You shouldn't view it as male and women. He's touched an assistant referee, regardless of their sex. Um, you're not allowed to touch people, but it's not been. It's not like being an aggressive touch where um, a foul's been committed and everyone's run up to the referee, pushing the referee where he feels under threat, which does happen all the time. Um, he's put hand on the back of the assistant referee. You're not allowed to touch him, but I don't think it was an aggressive manoeuvre. And my point being, are we just overthinking stuff because, oh my God, it's a woman. You can't be doing that to a woman. I think, okay, I think, um, of course, as with all of these, as with anything that's ever caused outrage ever, there will be people that jump on it and use it as an opportunity to virtue signal and make themselves look like better people because they care about other people even when they don't have to. So that happens all the time. I think it requires some slightly, some thinking that's a bit deeper than simply, well, no one cares when he does it to a bloke. Actually, firstly, they might. I'm sure lots of they might and I hate the way footballers I've said it before on this podcast the way Loads footballers treat officials is ridiculous because it means that 14, 15 year olds are doing exactly the same at and weekends and hate That's... Sam Allardyce as well didn't hate him didn't take to him yeah, um, okay. same thing. I'm sure he wouldn't remember me so at least I remember him so he's winning <laughs> um, but the it, what it's about is men it, it's easy to say that men should be treated the same as women women the same as men or they want to be treated equally well you know he could have done that to a man and nobody wouldn't be in the papers okay so it requires a it requires i think it's men whether certain men believe it or not that's that's up to them i believe that men as the physically stronger and physically more powerful um gender as a rule not always but as a rule have a responsibility to make women feel as unthreatened as possible and you know as someone put on Twitter, I, I won't find it now because it'll take me too long, but someone's, this woman said, until you've been, you know, ogled on a, if we get ogled by a woman on a, you know, get leered at, not that it's ever happened, but if you thought you were looking particularly good or you had a great outfit on and you're getting eyed up and down by a woman on Standard. the bus, you'd probably quite like it. Class that's because you, me, that, mate. That's because you are not under threat. She might feel threatened and you might think it's ridiculous that she feels threatened, but far more women are assaulted by men sexually than men are assaulted by women right sexually so they are they are effectively in some cases because of physical power at our mercy so we could hurt more people than we do and it's our responsibility not to just as women could hurt more men than they but it's their responsibility not to i think you've got to think beyond the obvious the sort of the okay, London you're talking point. about a night like your you examples you're giving there is night out right or you know women that feel threatened by men is but it's it's men, it's, it's men putting their hands on men putting their hands on women uninvited is inappropriate if you know someone or it's your mate's wife or you're at the club and it's the it's claire who does the tickets or whatever and your mates and you've got your arm around each other like you would do to me or to bob or to bernie that's different this is someone you don't know putting your hand on someone you don't know when you are kind of a bigger more you know more powerful animal is inappropriate you wouldn't do it anywhere else you can't do it and i think i don't you know i don't think he was trying to intimidate a woman necessarily he might have been but i don't i look at that and think he needs to be everyone else needs to be shown that you cannot do that to male or female rest but particularly men should not be putting their hands on women uninvited ever um so yeah, I, I, I agree with that i just agree with that it should be f- you should view the assistant referee as the assistant referee, whether it's a man or a woman. You sh- you're not allowed to touch uh, refs. And I just think it was massively blown into proportion because it was a female. And what he did, you know, you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to to, to touch referees. But it, it shouldn't be the fact that she is a woman. I think it should be the fact that assistant referees, linesmen, whatever you want to call them, deserve more respect and deserve not to be 
touched. Um, do you know? But do you know if you're if you uh, and, and don't relate? Uh, it's difficult if you're going to relate this to a night out or if you relate it to going out. It's not. It's in a it's in a controlled environment. It's sport. It happens um, on the sport and field where there's not a level of threat like a like a night out, like people ogling it at various different sexes. So, but you've got it is a controlled environment and it's got rules. Mm. One of the rules is you can't touch officials. Yeah, that's my that's, but it happens, that's my point. But it, but it, yeah, but it happens all the time. So it's actually out of control. So it needs to be brought back into control because they're not obeying the laws. Mm. So Agreed. it needs to be brought back in. And this maybe highlights an issue that's been an issue for a few years, actually, against male officials. Now, now it's a sort of a, a bigger, stronger man touching a smaller, less powerful woman. And she might feel threatened by it. We don't know. But actually, I've... What's important, I think, I read, I watched um, Social Dilemma and we discussed that, but one of the things it said, you should follow people, listen to opinions other than the ones that just sound like your own. Yeah. So I just, a few people retweeted stuff on that and it's like, actually, the opinions you need to listen to are women's opinions as a rule. <laughs> like, it actually let them say what they think and just don't tell them they're wrong. And there was a, one woman, I don't, again, I don't know who these people, I've forgotten who they are now because I'm not on Twitter now, but... People saying it, it doesn't matter if, you know, Gary in Rose Ed thinks it's all right. And, he, you know, it doesn't matter. What matters is, does she think it's all right? Do the women watching think it's all right? And they don't. So it shouldn't be allowed. And it's the same it, it, in the in purely legal terms. It's the same with all officials, but it's not mm. being managed. So now you've got men putting their hands on women in aggressive confrontational situations where they shouldn't be allowed. And I thought it, we said it wasn't aggressive. No, it's a course. It's more aggressive than if you're. He's not being. It's an aggressive situation. So he's confronting her about her decision. So the grip might not have been aggressive. Might not have hurt her. It's not like a punch, but it's more aggressive than sitting in a tea shop. So it, everyone's pumped. You know, everyone's heart rates are up. So that he is confronting her about a decision. I presume that is why he's done it. So it is a confrontation of sorts, and men should not be able to use physicality in confrontations with women. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't say it's yeah. that physical. But anyway, more so, VAR having another shocker. I haven't seen that. Uh, Liverpool goal, voting him offside. Like, I don't know how football managed to get it so wrong. And it's not like isolated instances now, which VAR has, has messed up or the referee's decision has messed up. Because, you know, rugby just gets it right. And... I would say rugby is a bit more complicated um, yeah. in terms of TMOs than football. Football is often, it's either handball, it's it's foul, it's offside, more so offside. Um, but they just get it wrong and I I don't know how. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Like every week we're talking about issues with VAR and you're not with TMOs. Obviously you get the odd TMO, don't you, where it's six one half dozen the other so no one's going to be happy no matter what because whether the foot was in touch or whether the ball's grounded you don't know but it was just incredible mate incredible um but it happens all the time yeah it does it does like and that's why like i think it's great for the game of football because it should be well it should be great for the game of football it's probably not at the moment and that's why you get a lot of pundits who who hate it a lot of coaches hate it yeah but it should be for the better of the game because it cuts out any sort of 50-50 decisions, really. It, it should be clear. It should be clear. It should be black and white. But at the moment, it's not. And I'm not actually sure of the whole process whether, you know, referees um, are under too much pressure to make the, the calls, you know, when they're going over to the touchline, whether it should be taken out of the hands. I'm not sure. I think it's down to the, the referee or is it is it VAR? Is it the third match official that, that calls it um, in some instances? But... You know, when you look at rugby, the TMO comes in. There's a two-way conversation, which everyone can hear um, with the referee. Um, the referee is a final decision, looks on the uh, big TV, makes his decision and calls it. You know, it's. I think it's a great process, which which happens. And, you know, I'd say 90%, we tend to get it right. Yeah. But no idea, man. Yeah. It needs to be looked yeah. at because it, it sort of is ruining the game for... I can't fans, understand players, how it coaches. takes so long. To, yep. Why is it taking so long to get it right? It's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's not I complicated. Know. Yeah, and you need you need technology now in all sports. I think you know just uh, yeah, 
to get the rules right, really, to because it, it's some it's such a high pressure situation that you want the calls to be correct. You know, it's it's heavily involved in tennis in cricket. Um, you know, to the point where you know if they think it's an LBW, they track the ball, and you know you've got to trust the technology that you know the the ball is going to hit the stumps. It's computer generated, um, and you have to trust that, and that happens all the time, but. I just football. It should be easy, but it's not. It's not. I know they make it. They make a very simple game very complicated. There, they've made that over complicated. You think about. I'm sure we're talking about Nigel Nigel Owens, uh, the yeah. ref, the the timing thing the other day. Yeah. You even had a TMO then who was trying to get out of making the decision and saying, "Well, technically, you know, technically it's overtime," and Nigel Owens is like, "I don't want technically. Was the clock over or not?" Yeah. Uh, 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 well, technically, I don't. What was it? Uh, uh, yeah, right. Okay, thank you. Well, and you think that is that's a human? Dis- that's humans using tech, and it works. It's the right call. I, mean, we'll I think. Yeah. Well, we we'll talk about it now because you, you touched on it. I think he was. Yeah. I think, you know, he makes great decisions in really like high pressure situations. You know, where he takes his time. His brain is able to process it. He's not caught up in anything else. He's just purely thinking about it and. I thought that was just, I thought it was brilliant. And for those that were saying, well, you know, the clock was still going. If, if you actually look what happened, you know, he's, the penalty's given in 79 minutes something to Exeter, right? So um, Joseph has got a full minute to wind the clock down to take his kick, okay? Um, but Nigel thinks that the time wasted and so he stops the clock and he wants the TMO to take five seconds off the clock. TMO says that's, he can't do that. So Nigel counts them down and says, right, He's about to start his kick now, uh, or the process of um, of kicking, um, and counts five seconds and asks the TMO to start the clock. Now, for whatever reason, they weren't able to start it for another five or six seconds. Um, they eventually start it, but as the ball goes through the post, it's like four or five seconds or three seconds left. Um, and that wouldn't have happened if they'd start the clock when Nigel asked them to. So yeah. I think... You know, the referee is is the decision. You know, everything, you've got people around you to assist you with it, but it's his word. It's his final word. And I just think he got it spot on. Um, You won't, not everyone will agree, but forget about, you know, what went on in the game. Forget about penalties, whether it's right or wrong and and everything, which, you know, people are going to chirp up about. That decision uh, in terms of timing, he got bang spot on. Yeah, oh, he was brilliant. I thought he was great. I thought he refereed brilliantly as well. Mm. Um, now, Baz, my mate, you know, yeah. Welsh Baz from WIU, he sent me this joke. Not a joke. He's forwarded me a tweet. Someone said, when we're in the cinema waiting for the film to start, I use my phone to book the seats around, next to, and in front of us. You can book loads of seats and it holds them for 10 minutes without having to pay. No one obscures our view and no annoying kids end up sitting near us. Love that. That is good, isn't it? That is brilliant. That is good actually. knowledge. I like going to cinema. Um, miss it, actually. I'm w- mm. desperate to go see the new Bond when it's going to be released. Um, but I cannot stand people who just eat sweets all the way through. All the way. You know, just I thought non-stop. you had to finish your sweets before the trailers. Yeah. It's like you finish your sweets when you're doing so a car journey before you get to the motorway. But yeah. Nah, one pet hate that. Can't stand it. Um, another pet hate is on a dual carriageway when two lorries are trying to go at it. One's trying to take the uh, other, but hasn't quite got enough power. I just don't know why the slower lorry, who's obviously slower for a reason, bigger load, smaller engine, doesn't just slow down a little bit and let the just one... Just two mile an over- hour. Just one mile an hour. Just Yeah, you know. just let the other one overtake. But they don't. They go at it and at it and at it. Sometimes it takes yeah. 10 minutes. It's just pathetic. Yeah. Um, oh, oh! Don't get me started on them. In the middle, oh, I saw a, I saw a one of the electronic signs on the motorway. You know that says like Junction 18, 26 minutes. One, of, one of those said yesterday. I was on the, on the road last night, and it said, "Keep left unless overtaking." And I thought, yes, finally, people are being yeah. told to not. And that somebody cruised underneath it in their Mercedes and just sat in the middle lane. They must have read the sign and just thought, "No, I'm staying here." Yeah. Another thing that annoys me is people trying to undertake you. And you're obviously, oh. you know, if, if you're on the right-hand lane and you can see another car up in front and you think, well, there's, there's actually not much point coming in and coming out, you know, within a few seconds. you might. Just, but someone, some clever dick thinks they're going to undertake you. Um, it's quite scary, actually, because, you know, you're, 
you shouldn't be undertaken. You know, that lane should be clear in case there is something, an issue up ahead yep. you can pull in. But, ah, oh, breaks me, breaks me. I think well, really I cool. sometimes, I mean, I used, I, I, I would never do this actually, but um, some people I've seen when they're about to get undertaken, they'll just indicate left. Yeah. And that will just, just will cause the people on the inside to brick it a bit. Or but you don't want to, or just to think, oh, maybe I shouldn't be going there. Yep. Um, I had a driver once back from a BT sport game in the old days. And, um, oh, the, the, only the old I've, days, eh? The old days. Last year. I've, ne- I've only, yeah, I've only ever complained about one driver and I, called the guys at bt sport and i was like look he's a lovely bloke he's driven me before but he is lethal at one point there were two motorbikes in the fast lane and we were undercutting motorbikes at 90 miles an hour and it's not bt sport it's the company they used had yep. this new driver or whatever and i was like look I, and i said to him whoa 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 mate you can't undercut and he goes oh well you know they're sitting there sitting there. i said well we can't undercut you know and i feel i don't like that all right and he, he slowed right down and chilled out but he did it. He'd done it a couple of times before I said something, and that was before at Roadworks. He told someone to f off out of, through the car like a bit of road rage, and I'm like, this guy's meant to be driving me home, sort of thing. And I spoke to BT, and they're like, look, thanks for that. Um, I was like, look, I'm sure he's a lovely man. I hate to do this, but I felt I actually bricked it a couple of times, and that's not cool. Yeah. And um, two weeks later, got him again. <laughs> I said hello, mate, and I thought, oh, it's him. And he goes, yes, I understand you sent an email. I was like, oh, and they told him. What, they so told, I mean, they had, they, he knew that I'd complained about him. Just and then to clarify, Chris Chesney is still driving cars, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, just to finish I off, remember when, go on. By the way, I remember when um, Tony Dipros had a sponsored Land Rover Discovery back in the day when we were at Sarri's and it had like Tony Dipros Saracens on the side. Yeah. And Ches, Ches and I had these like semi-automatic BB guns. You might have had one as well, like a machine gun. But it was a BB gun. Yeah. Just a little plastic thing, but it shot them out rapid fire. Oh, yeah, because we, we pelted our neighbour with them once, wouldn't he? When he wouldn't turn his opera music down. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Through his window. And Ches nicked a Dippy's car and drove past the bus stop for the... Uh, I drove by the bus stop for the local uni and just sprayed them all with all these <laughs> <laughs> little pellets. Go on, have that. Go on, have that. Yeah, go on, get out. And he's like, student scum, oh, student scum. You'd and he's got Tony Dippros on the side. I know. Um, I, don't, I don't think any of the pellets actually reached the curb, but yeah, I mean, can't condone that. Just to uh, sign off my week before we touch on on yours, I know you've been a little bit busier. Um, really? Made a lovely. Uh, we went Land Rover thing, didn't you? Tell us about that. Uh, went yeah, to yeah. Um, ordered a uh, rolled sirloin from Field and Flower. The oh way. yeah, it's delicious, mate. I slow cooked it as well. Um, oh yeah, it was beautiful. I, I saw. I saw a photo of Dan Lydiat having a, uh, a Sunday I saw that. lunch, roast beef and everything. And yeah. it inspired me. I thought, that's exactly what I want. So I had it at the weekend. Um, and also, watching a couple of things on Netflix. This, I'm watching something called Ratched. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mildred Ratched. And it's it's quite quirky. It's got a little bit of a Twin Peaks sort of vibe to it. Um, she's a nurse set in the 50s, I think, or 60s, in a nursing home. And... Um, her brother is um, not a nurse at home in a mental hospital. Her brother's in this mental hospital and she's trying to release him. It's it's very quirky. She's very manipulative. Um, it's good. Um, one to watch. Ratched. Yeah, okay. one to watch with the other half. Um, yep. And I've also started Confession Tapes on Netflix. Oh, right. Mm. Seen and it, advertised a lot, not watched. Yeah. Um, it's good. Watch series one. Um, episodes one and two they're part one yeah. part two uh, really good really interesting because obviously you're, you're seeing sort of CCTV footage of confessions um, but it's also really strange how some people confess to the crime when they're actually not guilty of it and how they are coerced by the police a lot of yeah. into it you know it's it's quite scary, actually, how hard the police push you. And you know, when you're, I suppose, when you're in a, a room for seven, eight hours and constantly being told something, you're tired, you're hungry. At some stage, you're probably just going to go along with it just to get a break. Um, so yeah. it's actually quite scary um, how persuasive some police um, could be. And now a lot of these cases were years and years ago, and I'm sure interview techniques have changed a lot since then. But and also, you know, you. Not all the time you're dealing with bright people. You know, sometimes yeah. you're dealing with 
very low IQ people. Um, yeah. And think you know you can you can easily manipulate them to think they've done it or to or to come out with the right answer. Yeah. Uh, or good, lead mate. lead lead them in certain ways. Yeah. A bit like making a murderer. Yeah. A bit like you know what what you do to all your mates. Yeah. 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 Exactly it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm right with that. <laughs> um, I'm right with that. Anyway. Tell me about it, mate. How was 50 years of... Was it 50 years or 150? Uh, of, 50 years. There weren't oh, any Range Rovers around in 1870, as far as I'm aware. Um, no, good point. That's a smart-ass comment, that, but it's a good one. Did my yeah. maths quickly, didn't I? Yeah. Um, it was good, actually. So 50 years of Ranger, Ranger, what we did was we went to Goodwood Festival of Speed, which, of course, is not on in its normal guys yeah. this year because of stuff. And, um, you know, it's the sort of day that... You'd quite enjoy it because, like, Lewis Moody was there, Jason Robinson was there, and you're with the lads, and the Land Rover people are really good crack, and we had a nice lunch. Of course, I'd enjoy it, mate. I'd have a free Range Rover. Yeah, no. Well, anyway, so you'd enjoy the day, but it's, I like it even more because I actually love, I'm a car nerd, so I know all the cars. Big time. And I got there, and they said, you can drive this, basically, this classic, um, original three-door Range Rover on the lap around Goodwood. I'm like, awesome. And it's a really slow lap, but you still get to drive it. And then yeah. I drove this other really cool mid-90s classic and like for the afternoon. And we created the number 50 to be shot from a drone on the floor with 50 Range Rovers. But it was all Range Rovers from different generations, from the original chassis all the way up to the modern ones. And oh, it's brilliant. I love it because yeah. I just got to nerd off at all the cars. And and then I did another one, another Land Rover day the next day on Friday. And we I did... um basically it's basically like a cook-up in the woods with a lady called Genevieve Taylor who she's a she's on Instagram as Genevieve at Genevieve Eats and she's a chef basically but she's basically cooks over fire and does amazing cool Ooh. stuff and I did a, I actually did a course she's got a Bristol Fire School it's called I did a course in her that uh, you do it at her in her garden with a few That's other right. people it's really cool and Phil Vickery, coincidentally, is doing it today. Today being Monday, she told me, oh, do you know Phil Vickery? He's coming to do my course for Monday. Um, what, he's so not, cook he's up having a woods. day off making bread? Yeah, well, he must have made some before he left. Yeah, must have, must have. Um, I said, what, you teaching him or is he teaching you how to make sourdough? Um, so, yeah, that was good. And we had a cook up and took the dogs down. Um, yeah, that was good. So she made this, um, and they videoed her cook, basically, for Land Rover. And it was really cool. And it was the the cook was a Philly cheesesteak. And yeah. I had a Philly cheesesteak in Philly. Remember when that premiership game was in Philly? Yeah, yeah, you ran up the steps. Ago. I remember that. And I liked yeah, it. that's right. Like Rocky. And it was it was hanging. The, the Philly cheesesteak. I went, went out with Alex Corbacero and your Philly cheesesteak. And I was like, mate, this is hanging. And he agreed. It was crap meat with crap cheese and crap bread. I was like, minging. Yeah. But Genevieve got a big fire going. And then cooked a big bavette steak with mushrooms and paprika and onions and garlic and toasted some sourdough with mm. butter. I made like it's unbelievable sarni. Oh my god! What's an affiliate steak though? So basically, steak. It's a it's a sandwich. Yep. And you get a load of nice steak yep. and a load of cheese. But she added a big mushroom, oniony, garlicky paprika mix, which was lovely. But Is there it's a basically type of a steak and cheese. Well, no. So I assumed I assumed it would be like American processed cheese, which it sounds fun on the if you want to be naughty. But I've never actually liked it. So yeah. I was like, mm. but she used really nice Stilton. And yeah. You could use brie or anything, but she put yeah. she just did a bavette steak and Stilton and Stilton sandwich. Oh my god, oh, man. it was ridiculous. If you took the mushrooms out of that, then I would really like it. I just can't stand mushrooms, mate. I just oh really? Yeah, it's a texture. I just don't trust them. Basically, yeah, don't trust the way they move. Nope, nope. Um, um, I remember s- Kyle Eastman. Remember Kyle Eastman? Yeah, of course. I wonder. I wonder where he's playing now because he left Leicester, didn't he? With that contract thing. I don't know where he is now. Can someone tell us, please? Um, Kyle was so scared of dogs that when he lived with Ollie Barkley for a bit, two doors down from me, I had two dogs, and he'd come out of the house, and he'd have to check if I was in the street, and he'd get back in the car, and he'd be looking. You'd see him looking up and down the road to see if I was there with my dogs, and he'd get out of the house and like bolt into the house, and I, he'd only seen the dogs three times, and then once. I was just saw him get out of the car and I went, woo, woo, woo. And he absolutely shat himself. Woo, woo, woo. And he's like, I'm a human. Absolutely terrified. Won't get out of cars if there's a dog in Labrador in the corner of a car park. He won't get out of the car. He won't get out of the he's car. probably a postman now. Overcome I, yeah. I said, why? You're going to get, he goes, they're going to bite me. It's the way they jump and they, they move around. They're like, oh, yeah. they're like shadows with teeth. I don't like <laughs> geese or swans, mate. I can't, I can't go mm. any near them. I can't go anywhere near them. 
freak yeah, me but out. they will have you. Yeah. They're aggressive. They're like badgers. So in the Range Rovers, right, mate, if you had to pick a year of a Range Rover, you can't pick, obviously, oh, 2020. Sorry. What year are you talking about? 80s? I'll probably go... No, I'll probably go mid-90s with a V8. I'll probably go... Probably a, I'll probably go a 90... Thing is... What colour? They started making the P38s in 94, but the, the the former model kept being made for two years. So I'd have a late model LSE. That's what I'd have. Um, okay. Sort of mid, mid-90s, cool, old shape, V8. I'd probably have it in navy blue with tan leather. Um, and I'd just drive it around feeling like Frank Butcher. Mate, I can hear your mouth salivating right now. Yeah, I'd drive it around feeling like Frank Butcher. Like I'd, I'd feel like Ross Kemp be perfect or like Bobby George Bobby George that's what I'd feel like here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. No Pro 14 slash 12, maybe 16. No. no Gallagher Premiership, but two massive European games this weekend. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. yeah. Started off with Bristol Toulon. Um, no, I thought, Tommy, that Bristol might struggle after they had it handed to them in the semi-final. Uh, yeah, because we talked about it last week, didn't we? Um, but we also sort of mentioned that they are way too good a team, you know, to have two massive sort of defeats, you know. They were pretty poor last week. And you just sort of had a little bit of a feeling they might front up. Um, Nathan Hughes wasn't playing, but didn't really matter, especially when you score after 15 seconds. Yeah. Now, that was yeah. incredible. Um, that helps. I mean, Randradra, you know, we know how good he is attacking. We know how good he is defending, but just... That vision right at the start to catch the ball like that and to offload it down a, the touchline, not even offload it, but just the sheer brilliance of, you know, how quick he was thinking about it in his mind yeah. to, to get that ball. And I mean, that was the ultimate start for Bristol. With He's not trying to get himself into the game and make no mistakes for 20 minutes, is he? No, and he's he knows, just flat out. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's the first kickoff of the game. You think you take it, you take it into contact, but no, he's just properly gone off the cuff, touch rugby. And Harry, Th- um, not Harry Thacker, uh, Randall has, um, has scored a try. Um, doesn't yep. he look like he should be playing under 12s? Or is it just me? Yeah. Yeah. A nightmare to play against, though. He's so yeah. quick. It'd so be horrible. Quick, so agile. And like, I don't know if you're like me, but you'd r- I'd rather tackle someone big than someone small. Because, you know, you yep. back yourself, you back your technique. But someone small, they can just turn you inside out and make you look yep. stupid, basically. Yep. Um, but Bryce Heem there a couple of times got caught short um, stepping in um, you know and if if you if you kick if you're too long right and yeah you got the first kick off surely you're going to go away from the world's greatest player at the moment 
But there's not. a school of thought, isn't there? I remember when Vakatawa played his first couple of games for France and one of them was against England and I was commentating and they kicked every ball, every kickoff they had, they put it straight on Vakatawa and it was like, right, what we want is the most dangerous runner on the field to get the ball when our defensive line, when 15 players are on their feet and we're fully organised. So I think the thought was, give it to the best player getting man and ball and he's got 15 players to beat which is fine if you, if you get it man and ball but <laughs> if the, you get it right <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it, the kick has to be perfect um and it, it was a little bit too long for bryceheem to nail him but if bryceheem is kick chasing then someone has to fill in behind and they did eventually i think it might have been uh one of the second rows etzabeth maybe who, who came around the far side then um when bryceheem's chasing a kick but i mean pretty slack i would say from from toulon straight away uh, but managed to get themselves back into the game. Um, Brighteen scores a try after a bit of a mix-up behind because that's what you're going to get with Bristol, though, because they want to play sort of high-tempo, quite high-risk rugby. They do make mistakes, and they lose the ball in the middle of the field. Um, eventually, I think it's um, yeah. Tuio, Tuiava uh, throws it to, to him, and he scores in the corner. But really good win by Bristol. Max Malins, again, proving... What a quality player and signing he's been for it, only for a year from Saracens. And you think they're going to miss Charles Piertau at the back, but I think I think they look better with Max Malins at 15. Do you? Because mm. it's one of those things that you mustn't ever say that mm. someone's better than Charles Piertau because he's so good that someone the can just... Yeah, someone can just send you 10 clips and find you out. Yeah. It's like, actually... I want. I wonder if they lose much at all. And there's no the, doubt be... Charles Pietau was amazing. You know when he. Um, oh yeah. When he was at Wasps at Ulster, incredible. You know, th- twelve, thirteen, fifteen wing didn't matter. But you cannot doubt the fact that Max Malins has been brilliant and scored yeah. a, a wonderful try. Like just slowed down a little bit, then accelerated again and glided through. We always say how sharp he looks and how quick he is, mate. He's lightning. That he's rapid. If, you, okay, if you're picking Bristol's first team for the Prem final this weekend, which we'll talk about in a minute, I know they're not playing in it, but they might be. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, do you pick Piatau at fullback or Malins? Um, right now, I'd pick Malins. Ooh, right now because I think Fella. he's on that good form. Um, Joe Joyce, yeah, big up top. Yeah, got legs like a gazelle, <laughs> mine. <laughs> Oi. He's European champion, mate. I know. He's just the king of Southmead. Brilliant, brilliant. But just pointing out, you a got fact. mate blokes point like him. Oh, blokes like him. You got to watch out. All right, slagging off blokes like him because you go to uh, Bristol, you go to Ashton Gate to commentate. I'm you not end up getting chin down by the you get chin down by the bogs, mate, by one of his boys. You I thought watch he was out. brilliant. I thought he was brilliant. Very, yeah, he's good. Very bulky up top, but legs like <laughs> legs, legs like a gazelle. He can run. Boy yeah, he's run. good. He's high energy. He's like Elliot Stuke. Elliot Stuke is obviously a, he's big. He's bigger, I think, but he's yeah. he's a big man. They're all big men, but he's not a thunderously large man. But actually, he's got so much energy for someone of that size that they're mega useful. Mm. I mean, we're going to talk about Johnny Hill in a minute, and at the moment, there's no one can live with him in a um, minute. In a minute, until we talk minute. about Harry Thacker and what he offers around the park. Now, you might not get yeah. the same. You might not get the same sort of power in the scrum as you might do with Jamie George but, yeah, but they go alright in the scrum Bristol, yeah don't they? they do go alright in the scrum but you just get someone who's quality in that back line as well it's like having an extra back you know it's it's literally mm. having another centre on the field where you can run moves off um, you know you call phase plays off the cuff he's in position straight away whether he's a ball player whether he's a decoy he offers so much in that back line he's incredible brilliant signing for Bristol. Um, uh, Radradra was phenomenal again. You just Teams just let him go. It's it's scary, actually, because you watch him. No one really... When he collects the ball, no one really puts a lot of pressure on him. They let him go around the outside. They let him sort of... They guide him into touch, let him try and do his, his footwork stuff and then, and then try and take him. No one really puts a lot of pressure on him because you can't, because he'll just step you and he'll make you look yeah. silly. So... That's why when he gets the ball, he seems to have so much room because they're just shepherding him out to the touchline and that doesn't work. Um, phenomenal. He goes off after, I think, 50, 60 minutes and, you know, Piers O'Connor comes on and, you know, 
they still they still managed to to get over the line. Um, but really good Bristol he's a crack, win. He's a cracking player, mind. Yeah, Piers O'Connor. Yeah, he is a cracking player. Um, Top player. But all the all of the the Bristol Bears are a quality team now. Um, I'm really happy for them with that win. But I just like how yes they've signed some superstars, but you look at. And Malins was a finished was not the finished article, but it was a top player really. But you look at guys like Harry Thacker, Callum Sheedy, Piers O'Connor, Luke Morahan. These guys were not big names, nope. and they've made them better and better and better. And that is for me, that's one of the key indicators of a good environment. That yeah, Ch- Chiefs are similar, and Sarries are similar. Were similar as well. You you make you sign players of potential and make them make them excellent. And I think that says a lot about your setup. But yeah, ni- nice for Bristol. That really really good. So Chiefs thirty one, Rats in twenty seven. What do you oh, make get of the game? What, guess what? Get this. I was doing a um I was doing something on Saturday so I couldn't uh I was actually doing something with British Airways at Heathrow Terminal five on Saturday, so I couldn't see the game live. Yeah. And that meant I didn't look at social media, which was nice all day, and I didn't know the score and the kids went to bed and everyone had a coffee and I said to my I was at my parents' place, like, right, I'm gonna set up we're gonna set up and watch the field, watch the thing now 10 o'clock press play on the Champions Cup final and I didn't know the result and then just as the game's about five minutes in I'm like god this is harem scarum already um, girlfriend was sitting next to me and she scrolled onto her Instagram and I just saw a picture of Parksy James Parks our mate who's one of the fitness coaches down at Chiefs we played with at Sarries and I saw him kissing the Champions Cup what did you do to your, your girlfriend uh, she's gone now. Yep. Uh, still longer with us. Uh, she went to bed quite soon after that. But didn't wake up. I'm for- real shame because that. I mean, knowing the result with those last five or ten minutes as they were, yeah, ruined it a bit because of yeah. what a game. And one thing I say is that Finn Russell has dominated conversation for obvious reasons. Yeah, and there are people saying he cannot. He's cancelled his. He's cancelled his own booking for the Lions trip. He doesn't perform under pressure. I say I disagree with that. I think he has repeatedly performed under pressure. Oh, do you? He, he, but think of the think of the comeback at Twickenham. Okay. You know, thirty-seven all or thirty-eight all, whatever it was. He was at the point. He's that's massive pressure. They're about to lose by fifty at Twickenham. Oh, okay. All you could argue. But anyway, he's a wonderful player, but there's no denying that he gifted Chiefs a couple of tries. You know, some of his passing was outrageously good, and some of it was just outrageous. So, do you and, think he should go on the Lions then? Well, I was. Last week, as I's got to start, he should be captain. I, what I'd say is, as a, as a rugby fan, yeah, I am desperate for the Lions to pick him. Okay, interesting, very interesting. Do you want him to go? Yeah, Not just, him. do you think he should? Yeah, of course, mate. I'm just messing with you. Um, you look, yeah, I think he is. I think you know what you're going to get a little bit with him. You know, it's not going to be a clean 100% game. You know, the way he plays, you're going to get mistakes. That's just a, that's just a given. You know, if he doesn't make he mistakes... He doesn't care, though. Like, if, it, yeah. it, do, it doesn't affect him, I mean. If he doesn't make mistakes in a game, that's just a bonus because of of what he's like. But, you know, you look at that ball that he threw over the top um, for the Zebo try. Um, just goes yeah. over the top of O'Flatterhy. Um, and O'Flatterhy... O'Flatterhy... Is it O'Flatterhy? O'Flatterhy. O'Flaherty. O'Flaherty just gets completely caught up. Um, bit of ball watching. Doesn't quite know where he is. Uh, it was just a wonder ball. You know, it's a perfect ball. And he tries that again in the second half and inches away from going over Noel's head. Um, if it goes over his head, Rassin uh, down the left-hand side with three players. Um, it was quite a big loop in pass. Probably hands might have done it or... Maybe um, whoever outside him, Shivansi, could have thrown it. Probably not. But even the kick, the little um, crossfield chip, would have been good. But, mate, I don't care what you say. It's inches away from being a world-class pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. But that's what you get with him. And, and Noel is, is brilliant. He's up to it and intercepts it for a slate try. It's a really cheap try for Exeter to get, but great poaching. But... That is unfortunately what you get. You know, he's he's thrown one wonder pass. He's tried to throw another, and it just hasn't worked. But in terms of of what he offers, it is still a lot of magic in there. And you know, there was a couple of kicks that nearly came off. You know, you put a, a kick through for Vakatawa that nearly bounces into his hand again. Yeah. Um, but I, I know a lot of people on social media because I had a little look were um, saying you know that they, they weren't the two best teams. You know. 
that is that is gonads. Um, it's knockout rugby. Um, Saracens were beaten. Um, who were the were the main rivals? Leinster were beaten as well. It's knockout rugby. These are the two best teams. It doesn't matter what happens in the final. It's all about the result. It doesn't matter how well you play or how many mistakes you make. Um, it's all about most finals it. are crap, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> boring. I'd, I'd agree with yeah. that. Um, but it was such an exciting game all the way through, and started off with typical Exeter, didn't it? Luke Cowan-Dickey. Um, yeah, you know, driving line out try, amazing. Um, that's exactly what you get from Exeter. Um, I like the way he had a little quick tap five metres out and gave it to Sam Simmons instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually Sam Simmons scores as well. Um, but European Player of the Year. Yeah, but all Exeter flats are, are so good at looking after the ball, you know, five metres out. You know, yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw anyone sort of fumble it, picking a gun, which is quite easy to do because yeah, um, there's an art to it. But none of them do. None of them do. Yeah. Harry Williams is really good. Alec Hepburn, really good. Cam Dickey. They're so strong in that position when they pick and go. Yeah. And you'd imagine that because, you know, they're props and, you know, it's a bit like scrummaging really, isn't it? You've got to keep low, yeah, keep, keep your back Not straight. that many props are doing it. That's nope. the point. Yeah. It's nope. hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I suppose that a lot of that is not just down to the, the weight of them pushing. It's to do with their power output as well which you get, yeah. you know, someone like Adam Jones, for instance. I know scrummaging is a lot different now, but the tight head Adam Jones, you know, there was a lot of weight behind him so he could hold up a scrum. But, you know, probably being dynamic and picking and going from two metres out, wouldn't say was a strength of his, if that makes sense. Whilst you yeah. look at Harry Williams um, and Hepburn, which I just mentioned, phenomenal. And Camille Shat, see his try? Wow. Oh, what a player. Why'd they sub him off? Bizarre. Ridiculous. Simon Why did Zebo. they take Zebo off? Bizarre. Like, I know you've got to get Curtly Beal on, but Curtly Beal, take Henry Chavonsi off and put him at 12, like, yep. where he gets the ball more. He's a killer at 12 when he played at Was He was brilliant at 12. I was like, what are they doing taking Shat off? Shat was dominating. Didn't get that at all. Uh, the power was incredible for his try, you know, but yeah, that's just, is that French? Can we say that? That's just so French. Why? It's so random. Whatever yeah. it is, it Which seems is ridiculous yeah. at the time. And on reflection, it seems ridiculous. Yeah. It was like, this is mad. They're two of the best players. Zebo was on a hat trick, wasn't he? Yep, he was. Two good tries. Like, yep. Yeah, I mean, what are they doing? No. Nope. Shat was like, Shat's the only hooker I've seen play against Luke Cameron Dickey this year and think, oh, he might actually have more power. He yeah. might be more dynamic than Luke Cameron Dickey. Like, Luke Cameron Dickey, for me, should be starting for England against Italy in a couple of weeks. Joe Simmons but, the same? Or not? I think I think he won't start for England, but he'll be in the squad. I, I, I would quite like. It's easy to say, isn't it? I mean, just as a as a fan, hmm. I would quite like to see Joe Simmons and Mark Smith playing for England in the next five games, starting games. Yeah, um, Joe Simmons, I thought was just he was fantastic. Yeah, um, he can hit Samson as well, mate. Fantastic. Oh, that hit on Shat. It was on yep. Camille Shat, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. He's a tough bloke. And he's just, I think he just does things really, does simple things really well. And he has some nice touches and he has power and aggression and he has the pace to take a gap if it's there. We saw that yep. last week in the semi final um, against Bath. He's, if a gap's there, he'll go for it wherever he is. And I, I think he's a fly half who could potentially almost have it all, whatever that quite means. But Sam Simms is great. For me, the, go best, on. Hit me with the him. best player on the field was Johnny Hill. Mm. Led the celebrations player. after as well. So Johnny, that is. <laughs> so hilly. Um, he is so hillsy. He loves it. And I think he has... I did a Q&A at Chiefs a few years ago before the match with Johnny Hill and Kai Horseman. Yep. And Kai, the big joke was that Kai Horseman was just ripping into Johnny Hill for never actually playing. And it's like, yeah, well, some of the guys who actually play for the club, Johnny just trains with us. Uh, he's a nice kid, just trains with us. That was the joke. And Johnny was great fun with it and whatever. He's like, yeah, I don't really play that much. He's obviously younger. And he has developed into the form second row in the premiership. I think he's the, I think, and for me, if I was picking the team um, to play Italy in a couple of weeks in Rome, I'd be picking Mario and Johnny Hill to start. Okay. Okay. I think he's that, I think, I think he's that good. I think he's yep. been outstanding. Good form. Um, in part of a good team. But the Chiefs just don't stop. But Rassing, it felt like Rassing 
had the game. Yeah, a couple ten of minutes times. to they go. Could have had it. Yeah, yeah. lose uh, extra down to fourteen men again. No one really wanted to go for the drop goal or, or get themselves in a position to go for it, or take the scrum when they're down to seven men, or take the scrum exactly. And you sort of think that you know it was an opportunity lost by Rassin with that with those whatever it was seven to ten minutes camped on the extra line to come away with nothing. Um, killer. Yeah, it is a killer. But Exeter got to do it all again uh, next week. They've got Wasps in the Premiership final. If Wasps yeah. can recover, yeah. From now COVID. on that. On that, while we've been podding, I've got a an email from the Bods at a production company, and Durders and I filmed this virtual, like this online opener for the show last week. Yeah, ahead of ahead of the final, and we might have to refilm it, saying Bristol instead of Wasps, Ooh. because in case Wasps don't recover. So this was agreed. It's- this was agreed before the season sort of restarted again. If any team can't compete due to covid um they have to withdraw which is but i think i think no one knew that i think it had been agreed but nobody yeah, was told or something no. yeah but but what um jamie gibson made a good point he said well what if all the other 10 teams what if teams 2 to 11 all have covid and cut positive cases and can't play and saris are the only team left yeah can they play in the final <laughs> and win the title and then get relegated <laughs> Ah, uh, carnage, isn't it? Oh, you couldn't write that, mate. It'd be amazing. Um, there was uh, Blenslow 2 on the weekend. I don't know if you've seen it. I've got it taped, boy. Well, yeah. recorded. I haven't I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I've seen highlights. I've seen Caleb Clark. Stop it. Man. Yeah, Quadzilla. What a player. What a player. How? Just look at the style of his running. Like, he's so wide and so... He's like... He runs like Liam Williams, but like double the size. Yeah, what do you do with him? Like, not a clue. I mean, that. Not you'd a be clue. all right. You'd stop him. But You're a man think, stopper. I think it was um, it was quality sort of tactics. I think by New Zealand. You look at that scrum five meters out. You think New Zealand. You know, they're they're tactile team. Um, all they do is send Jack Goodhue goes all the way through James O'Connor, who doesn't really want to make a tackle, and then it's just a, a pick and go by Aaron Smith. Just class and simple. Yeah. You know, they've obviously looked at that thinking, right, James O'Connor doesn't really like tackling. Uh, we'll send a 12 who's not massive. It's not like a Caleb Clark, but powerful, straight through that channel. And uh, and then it's a, a simple pick and go. But, you know, they were just, they were quality on the weekend. Again, New Zealand, you know, I know there was a draw last week and potentially Australia could have won it, but way, way too powerful. Get on the outside of Australia a little bit too easy. Um, Moanga, again, proving why he will be the 10 moving forward, not Bowden Barrett. I think his his control of the game is amazing. Wasn't quite sure why they were doing it in the World Cup last year, um, to be honest, because everyone was talking about Bowden Barrett, weren't they? Um, and then Moanga comes in and starts at 10, but I can just see why. He's, he's quality. Um, Corabetti, should have scored. Um, and now, if any, if any kids are watching, watch that game and listen to this. You watch how high he runs at, I think it's Aaron Smith. It might even be Richie Moango, actually, um, close to the line. He runs high, just trying to bounce him over the line. If he runs low and runs at his legs, he's bouncing Try over. Mate. He is bouncing over. But because he runs high, uh, Richie Moango ends up soaking up the tackle and he can't get the ball down because he lands on Richie Moanga and then I think maybe Sam Kane or Surveyor come in and, and seal the ball off. But that should have been a try because um, he's a quality finisher. Um, but, uh, yeah, just the, the juggernaut of New Zealand keeps going. Sam Kane looked really sharp, really pacey when he took his try, just to think he, he, did, look, his, he did look good. broke yeah. his neck a while ago. Dane Coles... Great footwork for a big bloke, and he's tough as well. And he puts it about. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to mess with him at all. He'd probably be number one on the list of people not to mess with in the New Zealand team. Um, but yeah, New Zealand at Eden Park is phenomenal as well, mate. To see uh, stadium with crowds, yeah. And the hacker, it's the first time they performed, performed Kappa Opango in 2020. And I've seen the hacker a couple of times. I've, I've I said I've got the match recorded to watch tonight, but yeah. that hacker was mega. Yeah, 
It was. I, I think, love it. Um, I still love it. I still love the hacker. Australia, at some stage, you need to find, I think, a 10. A hacker. A 10. Oh. James O'Connor, really good. Uh, wing, 15, 12, 13, but not quite sure he's the man to take Australia forward in that position. They've struggled for a little bit, really, finding you know, a, a quality 10 that's going to be around for a long time. If you know what, do you get my gist? You know, yep. someone like a Moanga, someone like a Dan Carter, like a Michael Liner. You know, they've they've mixed and matched a fair bit. He's, he's definitely, he's a great player, mate, James Connor, but just worried he's not, I don't think he's the answer for Australia. There we are. Yeah, I agree with that. We got through it. Now, yeah, I had a couple of complaints well done, um, on Twitter about the sound last oh. week. Yeah, so it's quite quiet. So I'm going to turn this. Turn it up. I'm going to turn this bad boy up for Phil Allen. All right. Turn it up for Phil. Phil um, said he he switched off and he listened to uh, another podcast, which um, made me spat out, spit out all my food. Um, Found absolutely disgusting. Um, So I'm keeping it up for him and also Square Circle, um, whoever that is. they're on they're on social media. They're on Instagram. Um said they couldn't hear clearly and I'm not sure why. So this is gonna be loud in your ears, it's gonna be full of bass, it's gonna be full of treble. And enjoy it, alright? Soak it all up, guys. I sometimes girls. wonder if it's their problem, it's their ears. Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's just a dodgy earphone. Yeah. So I'd, yeah. get I mean, your own house in order first, alright? I don't I don't trust Phil, that's all I'm saying. No. Okay. You see the picture of him, mate, nor would you. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. Good luck. You keep going, everyone, for goodness' sake. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, speak to you all next week. Enjoy lockdown, Tommy. Cheers, guys. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm